Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Let's get ready to rumble! Yo, what's going on, guys? Happy Thursday! <laughs> Woo! We are back at it. Another Thursday. Week is coming to a close. We have some hot stocks today, producer AB. Wait, Luke, why do you why do you look like how you look on my screen? <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, God. You, you hold it down for one minute, AB. All right, hold on. Rohan, Rohan's coming. <laughs> oh, all right, y'all. So we've got a packed agenda today. Joining us in a couple minutes will be Lucas Downey, um, and then we'll be talking about Crocs, C-R-O-E. X as well as Celsius Holdings ticker C E L H. Of course, we've talked a lot about Celsius the past couple of weeks. The stock has gone from about seventy dollars to ninety, uh, ninety-five. I think it's at today. Let me get my Benzinga Pro pulled up. We'll check in on Celsius and then right, we're, we're hitting we're hitting two hot trades right off the lick producer AB. All right, we got to wait till Lucas comes on to talk Celsius and Crocs. So let's talk yeah, some Palantir. Let's talk some Palantir, or, Luke. Or, or or we can just hop hop to Luke number one right off the cut. What do you think? All right, let's do it. Fine, we'll, we'll do Palantir. G- give us the Palantir pitch, producer AB. Stock is hot today, and guys in the chat, drop in the tickers you're looking at. We we will have time. For some symbols today, um, producer AB set up a new segment where where we're where rating some symbols. So drop yeah, your tickers uh, in there. But Palantir AB here, um, yeah, so your maybe, chart daily candles. We got a nice four percent move today. Yeah, Palantir is up about four percent, up to twenty eight dollars. Luke, something that I'd be considering doing right now with Palantir, which is something that we we've, we've talked a lot um, a lot about before with this stock is looking at selling puts. So on a day like today, when the stock's up so much, you would be able to collect a decent amount of premium. Um, and, and at this price, I would say, let's go down and look at like the $24 or $23 puts that I'd be willing to sell saying, hey, look, if, if the stock does drop from here, um, which we can expect a slight pullback, that I'd be willing to buy shares of Palantir at $24, at $23. I, like that, AB. I can absolutely get behind that. Let, let I'm me glad. the brokerage account. Did you All make right. that trade? What would what'd you say? Sorry. Did, did you make that trade or no? I did not. I actually don't have enough um, capital in my account right now to be selling those puts, but I will you know, strongly endorse you if you want to make that trade. Wait, but we're a team, AB. Yeah, I know. I'll take I'll take equity on your trade. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll sell double and you can have half. Perfect. Um, yeah, Luke, Luke has a little bit more buying power in his uh, oh, margin, baby margin yep um nothing wrong with selling puts on mark i'm just kidding we stay uh, over 100 <laughs> percent, always uh cole in the chat saying he likes that call on palantir yeah, thank we, you cole. we sold puts against this for months at the start of the year yeah i mean that so a couple good things with doing that with a stock like this is palantir is volatile so you have a higher iv implied volatility so you're gonna get a better premium back um you're gonna get that cash up front more so than if you pick a stock that doesn't move as much as Palantir, I don't know, say a Coca-Cola or an InBev. 
um, stocks like that that aren't as volatile. You won't collect as much premium up front. Uh, so it, it really becomes worth it to do it on stocks that a you wouldn't mind owning at a, at a lower price, and b that are how, are how far out were you looking? Were you looking out to the next monthlies? So that'd be the October monthlies. Yeah, let's see how much we can get for twenty. So it looks like we would There's collect no premium in here, dude. None. Not really. So we'd be getting hmm. seventeen dollars to take on at most twenty three hundred dollars of risk. Yeah, see, it's that's not worth it. Uh, maybe if we went a little bit further out. Let's look at November's. So again, so now we're now we're picking up sixty bucks to take on twenty three hundred dollars of risk. I, I'm I'm not gonna hit it right now, producer AB. But let's leave it for tomorrow. If the stock is down tomorrow and we get a little bit more juice in the October monthlies, then I think it's more interesting. Yeah, what, yeah. What, what I do mean, you think of that? I I, 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 I like agree. The, the I, short put play on it, but but I mean, there's just not enough love here yet. Exactly. I, I think with the stock up so much today, those those are kind of getting um, the premiums a little bit lower. But we'll we'll keep an eye on it. But yeah, I mean, always check the risk versus reward for any trade, and for this one in particular, it doesn't look like um, you know it's worth taking on that potential risk for such a small uh, reward. Cool. All right, and I see somebody talking about Genius Brands too. But let let's hit Genius. But first, I think we have we have to kick it over to, to to Luke number one. What do you think? Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Luke number one, how are we doing today? Dude, I am doing good. And you guys over there just swinging it around, selling puts. I mean, just getting after it, dude. We always get after it. I, I, you know what else I did yesterday? I was feeling wild. So what'd you do? GME long. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Well, look, I'm telling First you, man. First time in a couple months. I'm back in it, baby. Wow. Look at you, man. Just going where the uh, where the fire's hottest, I see, right? That's what I'm saying. And, and you've got some fire today. It's a Give stock me. that I've talked about many times on this show. Okay. If the listeners in the chat had gone in on this one and, and in the live brokerage account, we, we look at it almost every day when we pull up the brokerage account. Celsius Holdings, give us a scoop, 95 bucks. Man, this thing is a beast. And I'm telling you, like, there are some stocks that go up, and then there's some stocks that go up, and they've got everything that you want, right? So Celsius Holdings, fitness drinks, you know, they've kind of – you start to think about what are people doing right now, Hot Stocks Loop? You know, they're sitting at home. They probably want to start working out. You got to get that energy level up, right? So you got to get your energy drinks. Celsius Holdings has been growing literally like a weed. And obviously you could look at the chart, but they just had second quarter earnings. I'm a big uh, fundamentals guy. We got to look, see what the revenue growth is, what the earnings growth is. And it's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, for the second quarter, they had revenue of 65 million. That was up 116%. When you see juice like that, um, plus a stock that's actually going to heaven, you know, that's that's a rocket you want to ride on. So um, additionally, I'm going to drop some Benzinga real quick. Look, you got to have your notes when you get old, you get your notes. But you just look at the considerable beat that they had. And this was in your, you have like an earnings matrix for your Benzinga Pro. 
But Ooh, they we got it up. Let's go. They <laughs> there, there it is, dude. The horn. They blew out revenue estimates by 21%. And then also, you know, earnings, you could do whatever, but that was 150%. Whenever you're beating like that, and the shares are likely getting scooped up by the big money, because that's what I do professionally, right? As I follow where the big money is going, Celsius has been a magnet for that. And that's the stairway to heaven, my man. Absolutely. All right. So are you in it yet or no? I'm not in this one. Um, I, I'm going to let you you take this one. But uh, this has all I, I have so many stocks. This is just it literally checks the box as it's got everything, the technicals, the fundamentals, everything. So. All right. And so, 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 so check this out. Here's what we have to look forward to next, right? Because it's going to be a little bit before we get the next earnings report or before we get any like more substantive new, substantive news from the company. But yeah. all right, you see, you see the price right here, $95. Okay. If we go over to the analysts, so pull up our trusty analyst calendar. Look at this. Look at all these price targets that we have down here. All these banks have not updated their price targets on Celsius yet. We've gotten the first two through. We got this one last week. We got a $100 price target. This week, we got a $115 price target. And we still have like five analysts out there with, with, with bullish ratings on the stock and price targets below where the stock is trading at right now. Um, so 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 hopefully in the next week or two, we'll start seeing some more of these price targets goes and that just keeps layering in the 5% days. They're, they're going to be chasing their tails. And you're talking about a company, $7 billion market cap, right? Like that's not a big number these days. You know, you can get the Benzinga crowd to like, you know, get into there. You know, it's like you got all this like retail money that's pushing it up. It's a small company. It's growing like a weed. It's got everything. And you're showing, you know, Wall Street might be behind the ball in this thing. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Um and what else? Oh, okay. I got, I got, I got this one for you. Uh, first thing, guys, in the in the chat, hit the like, share the stream. Okay, uh, I'll make that ask. Our redirects on YouTube are all broken right now, so 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 I don't know. We need some extra help with with the likes and the shares. But but regardless, my mom, sixty years old, wow, consumed yeah. the first energy drink of her life two weeks ago. Okay, two weeks ago, first energy drink of her life, and it was a Celsius. Did she like it? She thought it was fine. Is she going to be drinking it every day? I don't think so. Uh, but but again, she never had a Red Bull. She's never had a Monster. Sure as shit has never had a Bang Energy. Um, <laughs> and again, like like that was like another psychological, like anecdotal piece of evidence of like, holy shit. Okay, this this one's going somewhere. That, listen, that's what's that's what's happening. She probably was at the su supermarket, right? Because you're seeing like you go down the aisles and you see this big old display for Celsius, you know. And look, your mom, she's like, you know what? I'll give this a shot. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of moms doing this. I'm telling you, man. A hundred percent. And if we take a look at that one, shout out Jonah Lupton. Jo Do you know Jonah Lupton? No, I don't. I don't think he, so. He's the one who got got us into this one. And, and it's been a really nice 31% run over, I don't know, maybe the past month or so. so Winning. So, so big, big shout out to Jonah on that one. No, that's that's good. Listen, that's you got to follow the juice, man. So I think this thing's got somewhere to be. All right. Entire. And I'm in the C's of my portfolio. Yep. All right. And you have another C stock. And it's one that I don't own. This All is right? one. Here are the C stocks that I own. Yeah. 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 You have a fifth C. Let, 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 let's hear about that one. 
So this one is, I mean, everybody knows about Crocs, man. I mean, listen, we can only see you from waist up. There's a chance that you're probably wearing Crocs right now. Because they're all chance, but there's a chance. Non-zero. It's a non-zero chance that Luke is wearing Crocs right now. <laughs> Hate it or love it. They are exploding in terms. Of, I mean, look, it's at an all-time high. You pull up a five-year chart. You want to talk about the stairway to heaven. I mean, this oh thing. Oh, my God. Is right, a guys, monster five year chart monthly candles here? Okay, no, I'm sorry, these must be weeklies. Weekly candles, five year chart. Check it out. Look, I mean, there's a lot, very few stocks look like this, right? And so, if you're going to, if you're going to follow stocks that look like this, at least they need to have fundamentals that actually back it up. And Crocs just had an investor day. Oh my gosh, we got to get the notes out. But basically, here's what they said. They came out and said, like, up till 2026, they gave guidance. They're like, here's what I think we're going to do. Revenues to grow over $5 billion. And right now, you know, they're like in the mid $1 billion. Okay? So they're telling you what's happening, Hot Stocks, Luke. They're telling you. Wait, wait, wait. wait. So, so I'm looking at, at trailing 12-month revenue right here. And what does that sum to? That sums to, like, $1.8 billion. They're $1 saying $1.5 they're saying it's going to five, so it's like a seventeen percent Kager. That's uh twenty twenty six. Okay, all right. And so five years. They're saying annual free cash flow should be in excess of a billion dollars, right? All right, let's do some math on this one. So, okay, so they don't pay dividends now. Nope. Do I have a share count handy? But I have a shares outstanding. So I have 62 million shares outstanding. They're going to do a billion dollars of cash flow. All right, there's a billion divided by 62 million. I just want to see what would that make an annual dividend if they paid that all. So that would be a $16 per share dividend if they if they hit that and then paid it all out. It's like 10% of where the stock is right now. It's gorgeous. Okay. You know, that. I mean, that that's that's a winner. And you're talking about a market cap sub $10 billion. Okay, so we're not talking about something huge here. It doesn't take a big leap to see where this stock is actually going. And you just pulled up the chart. And I think that there is a lot of runway for this company. I mean, this could be your fifth C is what I'm trying to say. All right. And, and shout out to Money Mitch in the chat. He's saying press one if you own or have ever owned Crocs. Press two if you haven't. I'm curious where the crowd is out. And, and I've got a story for this one, Luke, number one as well. Let's go. Uh, which, which is last year. Like, like uh, I don't know Good. if you were calling. It was last year Christmas time. It was like the Post Malone Crocs were like the craziest sales event in the history of retail. Sure, sure. That's an exaggeration, but it was wild. So, so I walked into a Croc store on Christmas Eve because I'm a last minute shopper. Uh, and I was just sort of screwing around and I'm like, Hey, do you guys have any of the Post Malone Crocs? And the dude goes, uh, he goes, it's 500 cash only, and you'll have to meet me in the back room. Dang. I swear to God. He, he, he goes, he goes, oh, oh, in size 14 only. They're hotter, they're hotter than NFTs, man. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's like size 14, 500 cash only, and I'll meet you in the back room. And I'm just like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just fucking around, dude. I'm not actually going to. Those were definitely a pair that he had bought for like 100 bucks. And like he wanted to keep them, but he was like, ah, I'd be willing to sell them. All right, Luke, look at this real quick. I already got it uh, pulled up. So we have uh, here the Post Malone Crocs. Let me find right here. Sold out. Look at how many of these. Uh, here, let me zoom in a couple times. 
how many of these special edition Crocs are sold out. Let's just go down the list. What, what other special edition? Like, what's a special edition that I could get behind, Producer AB? Um, well, here, I've got these J. Biebs ones for you. Uh, shout out Justin Bieber in the chat. These are also sold out. Cars, yeah. D- Disney, Pixar, Cars. A I would lightning, do Cars. I would do some Lightning McQueen Crocs. I would definitely do these. Um, Justin oh, Bieber one is weird. You're like, you're wearing another dude's shoes. That's yeah, we've got like some weird. Grateful Dead, uh, Chinatown Market ones. These are cool, but they're also sold out. The Post Malone ones are pretty, I do have to say, there's like a little chain that comes from here and connects, um, but those are sold out. Luke Combs, someone else in the chat was talking about how the Luke Combs one got sold yeah, out. so weird for me. Um, let's see. Let's, let's try to find one we can get behind. Uh, carrots, carrots sold out. Look at, look at this, man. Okay, Vera Bradley. Look, look. These have some pretty little flowers on there. Um, not another guy's shoes, so we can... All right, wait. Keep going. Go down one more row. This is Ken- looking me. Kentucky Fried Chicken. There we go. Now we're talking. Dang. Now we're Sold we out, though. Sold out. You can't get them, man. All right, hold on. Um, I'm going to go to another stock that I like, but I'm not in. It's called KFC Crocs, eBay. KFC Crocs. AFC Crocs and men's shoes. Uh, I'm still looking for what. Okay, here's another Grateful Dead. 120 bucks. Dang. That's not bad. We could get well, What about this one? Like, is this somebody literally just custom drumsticks on it? <laughs> I might be able to get behind the KFC Crocs. I mean,. Uh, Luke, I, I think that'd be pretty funny if you wore those to work one day. <laughs> killing me, killing me, killing me. All right. I sort of like this one. Do, See, do, do, do they give quarterly guidance? Do we get guidance for the, the holiday sales season yet? Well, I mean, that's going to be a big season, obviously. But, yeah, they're probably going to give something. But, look, every time they give guidance, they have to keep, you know, updating it. You know, this is just one of those things Wall Street gets, you know, they're they're way behind uh, this is a major multi-year growth story here. I mean, you can see it. You got KFC, Luke Combs. I mean, they know they know this is juice, man. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. And the chat is pretty 50-50. Well, we, I mean... We have I, one chatter whose opinion we respect the most. It's Shelly. She's saying Crocs are gross. You got to follow the money, though, right? Just the elite out there. Okay. All right, I dig it. I dig it. Listen, we'll find out next time I come on. If you have a fifth C, then I will have done my job. But if you don't, you know, I I, I think the what I'm looking for here with Crocs, my catalyst is like when they announce new because obviously a lot of these uh, promotions, like branding deals, they've There's done still, with Justin those Bieber. Branding deals are so crazy. They've worked so well. I mean, the Post Amazing. Malone's ones have gone crazy. And they sell out like instantly. And my post Malone story was yeah, literally the dude who works there bought the inventory, right? Checked himself out as a customer, and then was just selling them for cash to people coming to his store. Right, five hundred bucks. Um, commodity. So, so yeah, I mean, I I think that that's a big, honestly, like catalyst for me. Like I'm trying to think of a big name. Um, you know, if someone like Addison Ray from TikTok or Olivia Rodrigo like puts out their own Crocs, and all of a what sudden about a Spencer go- Israel Crocs line. Yeah, I would buy them, but I don't know how, how – I think they would do well. Okay. The other thing too, guys, you know, you're not – you might not be there yet, but the kids, 
the kids market for Crocs is big and they're all going back to school, right? Do, and they got to buy those little trinkets. Yeah, I got got a few, man. How, how old? How old? I got a six-year-old, got a four-year-old, got a one-year-old. Um, oh, God, that's great. They like it's their kid, shoes. I, I would love to babysit sometime. I love little children. I think like I'm... I'm all right, we don't need to go. You know, I'm, I'm ready. You'd be the you'd but, be the third Luke. I have I have another. I have a son. His name is Luke. So this could be. All right, like Luke a, number three. Yeah, yeah. Get so that. listen, get behind it. Get behind Crocs. I think it's a great story here, man. You know, it's all lining up. All right, all right, Luke number one. We appreciate you coming on, giving us the Celsius pitch. Giving us the Crocs pitch. I'm gonna throw this out to the chat, guys. If you had to pick between one of the two. Celsius or Crocs? Which one is it? Put it in there. All right. Uh, and and then also, I learned that I'm demoted to Luke number three, which is fine. That's all right. That's a good place to be. I it's can a good promise place you to that. Be. Yep. Cool. Look, at oh, that wow. chart. Look, at, look at this. Chris Cache in the chat. Shout out Chrisopedia. Kendall Jenner was on Jimmy Fallon last night talking about Crocs. Um, the shoes are also showing strong sales in the UK after some of the long. Uh, Love Island contestants wore them. Long Island is, of course, the uh, British version of, of The Bachelor. So it looks like we're getting a lot of pop culture love from Crocs right now, whether it be from Kendall Jenner on Jimmy Fallon or on Love Island. So again, my catalyst for, for this, if I'm getting in, is I want to see some more of these branding deals that have done so well in the past, some big names come in. Um, but Luke will definitely be, Luke number one, will definitely be watching this one. Hot Stocks Luke and I will be. Listen, just just watch it. I'm telling you, man. I mean, just look at the chart. Look at the stock. Just look how it trades, right? Just look at that. You know, that's all you need to know. Yep, and, and I, I'm a I'm a big fan of that. I mean, both stocks that we looked at today, Luke, uh, Celsius and Crocs, have had monster, um, you know, runs already. But I like that. I like buying high and selling higher. You know, I mean, there's a the reason that these stocks are performing so well and it's because they are strong companies and and good value on the stock that's honestly if, if my if i could teach people that then I've, I've done a good thing you want to buy high sell higher don't buy low buy high yeah. um, low stocks are low for a reason boom there it is wow yeah i'm not <laughs> i'm not just here for nothing luke number yeah, one just just there's a lot of stuff in there that, you know, it's just amazing. No, no, that's that's really how you make big money in stocks. Don't go for the crap. Go for the juice, man. Oh, some Yeezy Crocs. I know Luke, I know at least Hot Stocks Luke would buy those. I don't know if Luke number one would buy those too. I dude, I could I could definitely get behind them, but those are gonna be, you know, hard to get back alley NFT type stuff, you know. Yep. Cool. All right, Luke Downey. Appreciate you hopping out with us as always, sir. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Stay bullish, all right? All right, I will. See you, bud. All right, all right, guys. We have a couple big interviews coming up. I've got two things to do before that. Two things, two minutes. Let's go fast. Uh, I saw somebody early in the chat talking about Genius Brand, sticker G-N-U-S. This is a stock that I'm long. It has not done much for me. This this is a one-year daily candle chart right here. Um you know, we talk about some of the winners. This is just a, you know, hanging out sideways for quite a while now. Um, why am I long genius? I have a general thesis on the space. And and and, and what's given this thesis a lot of validation is that, is that I've seen PE firms going out and buying companies with the same thesis. And in, in short, the thesis is this. 
the rise of platforms and services where people are consuming content is creating a need for more content producers, okay? It's not just, just the linear television. We still have that. That's still going to exist. Plus, you have so many dozens and dozens and dozens of digital-only platforms, technologies, uh, services, etc. So the need for content is going to increase. And so that's why I'm, I'm generally bullish on the space. That's the thesis on the space. Genius Brands is the stock that I choose to, to, to get bullish on the space. It's, it's how I actually executed that thesis. Why do I like Genius Brands in particular? Two things. Uh, executive team, amazing, long track record of getting deals done and making money. Two, great branding partnerships. They, they, they have tons and tons of celebrities, brands, et cetera, that they can leverage that nobody else can. So I think that puts them in a very good position to continue to create content and then license it out. Any thoughts on Genius Producer, A.B.? I agree with you. I mean, I think this is one that I wouldn't necessarily buy as like a swing trade or anything. I don't really have any, you know, midterm thesis on it. Um, but long term, they're going to be kids in the United States that are going to need to consume content. It can't all come from Disney, right? It can't all come from Netflix. There will have to be other brands that step up and start taking some of this market share. Um, yeah, somebody's putting Shaq in there. Yeah. And I mean, look, we've talked to Andy Hayward. We've talked to to the executive team. They have a good track record. As you mentioned, they have experience um, creating storylines, creating brands that um, people come back to. And I think a lot of the numbers that Andy shared with us last time he was on the show um, were, you know, were really good indicators that this could be a, a growing business. But look, I mean, like I said, I the only way I'm getting in this stock is just as a long term you know, I mean, the stock's a dollar fifty, so I could buy a hundred shares for you know a hundred fifty bucks and just let it sit there and hope that in twenty Dude, years. I was really that, worried you were going to get that math wrong. It, yeah, you I, didn't. I, you didn't. You did a good job. I was just. <laughs> I could you see, paused, like, you paused it, for a moment. You paused for a moment, okay? It wouldn't be the first time that I got some math wrong on this show, but hey. All right, and now my second thing. Two things, two minutes, guys. I do have a really big ask. This one is is, is a sincere ask, and it is somewhat of a lift. We're, we're trying to collect some user feedback. Uh, so, so could everybody please, please, please fill out this survey? I just put it in the chat. It is going to take a minute to do. Uh, it's it's, it's going to take literally 10 minutes, okay? It's not a, a two-question, you know, you're done in less than a minute survey. It is going to take literally 10 minutes, guys. But, but it would mean a lot to me. I mean, we're, we're out here every single day producing all this content for free and, and just trying to make everybody's trading lives a better place. And so it would mean a lot to us if you could go ahead, take the 10 minutes and, and fill this survey out. Uh, we, we are going to be giving away three one-year subscriptions to Benzinga Pro. We're only collecting 2,000 responses, okay? So, so three subscriptions being given away, 2,000 responses. Uh, a good chunk of those people already have Pro. Um, I guess those, those people can still be entered too. Uh, so, so you have a decent shot at winning. Okay. So, so, so that's my ask guys. If, if you could please, please, we have 150 people here, all 150 people could go and fill that out. It would make my life a lot easier. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Beautiful. Um, all right, Luke. Well, we've got a couple big interviews coming up. First, we've got Paul Shearer joining us from Joby ticker G or J O B Y. Uh, the company recently, you know, switched tickers from a from a SPAC to to J O B Y. This is a good one, AB. I I mean, I'm just I'm very excited to talk uh, straight with Paul because I have so many questions about this company about the business. Um, about the industry, really, because we've seen a lot of rumors about electric, uh, you know, aviation, and and look, it's finally coming to fruition. It's 2021. We're gonna see a lot, a lot of developments in this industry in the next decade or so. And now is a time that investors have that they can get in the door, their foot in the door in the first inning. Um, so, Luke, I think without further ado, let's bring Paul on. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hi, how are you, Aaron? Thanks a lot uh, for having me. Of course. Thank you for taking time out of your uh, you know, busy Thursday to join us. Um, sure. Just for, for some, some of our investors that are watching that may not be familiar, can you just give us the, the quick background on what Joby is and what it is y'all are doing? Sure. Um, so, so Joby is developing an all-electric vertical takeoff landing passenger aircraft that's really optimized for aerial ride sharing. We've been working on this project for 10 years and sort of quasi stealth, um, building out the right technology and what we think is the right vehicle and finding the right way to certify it. So our goal is going to be able to is, is to uh, certify that aircraft and then operate the service, delivering a faster, cheaper and zero emissions mode of transportation to large numbers of people in 2024. Got it. And I mean, so what with that timeline, if you're, you're you, I've seen that the company is trying to get, um, you know, the ability to be able to, for people to use Joby as a ride share in by 2024 is in the next three years, is it going to be more of a, of a task to get the technology uh, where it needs to be or more from like the liability, um, you know, insurance, like that type of that type of policy? Yeah, so. I would say that we feel really good about where the technology stands in terms of its readiness. We made a number, a number of announcements really just over the last six months that I think demonstrate that the aircraft is performing as we set out to um, deliver eight and a half years ago. So we've been able to highlight that we're able to do 150 miles of um, a flight on a single charge. We've showcased that the noise profile is very low, less than 65 decibels at its loudest, and really almost silent. Um, in flyover, both of which are really important in terms of getting to high frequency, high density operations in and around the places that people want to live. So I think we feel good about where we stand on the technical readiness of the aircraft itself. What we've got to focus on over the next three years are obviously executing on our certification plan with the FAA, which we believe is critically important, obviously giving people the confidence to get into this brand new mode of transportation. And then two, building out the 
infrastructure that we'll need to deliver a service. So that means finding the right launch markets, finding the right routes within those cities, and then working with partners or ourselves, building out the takeoff and landing infrastructure necessary to deliver a really valuable service to consumers. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what's so fascinating to me and a lot of other investors is that just, um, I mean, this is completely different. Like this is completely reimagining how we um, are currently doing ride share and just transportation in general. So um, for you, what what does the end goal look like? I mean, is it in, in every big city people are able to order a Joby instead of an Uber? Um, or is it, uh, you know, that completely, I guess what I'm curious for is how do you get that price point to match that of what would be an Uber or a Lyft? Yeah, so sort of two parts to your question. I think where the company is going. Look, we we aim to build a transportation solution that's really suitable for any trips between five and 150 miles. So that might be trips within cities, say getting downtown to the airport, but also connecting cities to suburbs, and in some cases, cities to nearby cities when we think about the longer distance of those range. So that's a pretty broad swath of trips that we think this sort of service is really directly applicable to. You asked a little bit about price, and look, right behind safety, right behind noise, the, 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 the next real goal for the company was to ensure that this was a service that was progressively more affordable over time. And that starts with the specs of the aircraft itself. Part of the reason for greater capacity, longer range, which means shorter charge times, and faster speeds is all to really optimize the operating economics so that we can start at an affordable price point and get increasingly affordable over time. Got it. I mean, yeah, this is just so fascinating to me. Um, And I want to go back to kind of what I mentioned as far as, you know, from now until 2024, I'm sure there's still a lot of legal, um, you know, things you have to work through. What are the biggest holdups in terms of, I guess, like insurance, liability, things like that? Like, do you have to go to each city and say, like, hey, we, we need to be cleared or that once you have the FAA, um, so that's the, since that's the federal administration, you're good to operate in like any state, any city? Yeah. So it's a really good question. Um, when we think about the regulatory side of the business, um, one of the, you know, the principal thing that we're going to be laser focused on is executing on our FAA certification plan for the aircraft. Um, uh, airspace is, uh, the, the operation of aircraft is generally done at a federal level. So when you have FAA certification, you're able to operate anywhere within the, within the airspace in the U.S. So that's the sort of principal goal. And we hit a big and important milestone on that effort just late last year with our receipt from the FAA of a stage four G1 issue paper. So total term of art, G1, um, but you can think about it as the rule set, the set of tests that we need to do at the component level and then at the vehicle level to prove the safety of the aircraft and get type certification. So what that means for us over the next two years is really careful program management of that testing, making sure that components are showing up at the right time, that we've got enough time to do the testing that's required, munch that data, present it back to the FAA for essentially their progressive sign-off across all of the components of the vehicle. We built up a a relatively large team here at Joby, um, over 850 people, including hundreds of folks that have experience certifying aircraft before. And that's going to be the principal effort that a big portion of the team is squarely focused on over the next stretch. We've got to make sure that we get that right. You also asked about the other pieces of regulatory. There's an operating certificate in order to operate the airline itself. And then there's also important work to be done on community acceptance. A lot of that is really driven by noise. And we had an opportunity even just last week to wrap up testing with NASA. NASA has been doing some work on 
um, airspace management and assessing the noise of this brand new mode of transportation. And we were the first company to go through the sort of full FAA testing envelope, uh, sorry, NASA testing envelope, which I think is going to be important in terms of giving people an understanding of how this is going to fit into their communities. Got it. Yeah. And I mean, so moving away from Joby real quick and more just looking at the industry as a whole, where do you see, um, you know, electric aviation just in the next, say, I don't know, five years? So it's two, 2021 right now, September 2026, five years from now, where do you see electric aviation? So from the Joby perspective, you know, we intend to be sort of a few years into commercialization of this aerial ride sharing service. I think you'll see us in a number of cities sort of in that period with, uh, with a significant number of aircraft in each of those individual markets. I think our approach is going to be go, to go deeper into individual markets, individual cities before going broad, because we think that as you build up a density of aircraft in a given market, a density of takeoff and landing locations, that becomes a service that's progressively more valuable to end consumers. It's something they can, that they can rely on to get from where they are to where they need to go. Um, so I think you'll see some scaled service in a handful of cities as we think five years out. And then obviously the next five years after that will be around extending the, uh, the network into larger and larger numbers of cities over time. And, and as far as, I mean, like, do you see in the force in the future that we could have, you know, like the big passenger planes that we're accustomed to be electric, or is that not feasible? So we're certainly looking at a number of different technologies, whether it's improved battery energy, uh, improved energy density on the battery side of uh, the equation, um, other modes of energy storage, to think about how we extend the range of electric or sort of sustainable aviation over time. But we need to be really focused, obviously, on certifying this aircraft and ensuring that we're able to demonstrate the utility of this brand new category of aircraft um, with the uh, batteries and sort of energy density that exists today. And then I think we'll be thinking about um, longer range, greater payload, sort of over the, over over a slightly longer arc. Got it. And then um, as far as is LA kind of the first city that you're, you're looking at going live here or, um, you know, where are the, the perspective um, locations that you look to kind of be testing this service out at? Yeah. So obviously alongside the aircraft, I think one of the things that's really important in terms of delivering a really valuable service and a profitable service and a service that's increasingly affordable to folks is making sure that you really understand the right routes, the demand on those routes in any city that you launch in. So we had an opportunity to sort of accelerate that effort inside of Joby with our acquisition late last year of the Uber Elevate business from Uber. So Elevate was a group inside of Uber that was working on a number of these problems. How do we sort of map demand within given cities? How do we think about route structures for a given network? And how do we think about sort of dynamic pricing and moving people from cars and aerial vehicles and back down to cars again as we think about the multimodal pieces of a journey? And alongside the aircraft, getting that right is really important too. So. We've been doing really careful work on cities like LA, New York, Miami. Um, we think about this as a service that's really applicable for any significant city here in the US and abroad. And we're trying to make sure that we do careful work to map demand before we obviously um, jump into saying, oh, we're gonna launch here or launch there. It's really about making sure that we have the right aircraft and the right network to operate that aircraft in any city that we launch in. 
And I know, Paul, you mentioned it earlier, but what what do you say the um, right now the kind of like longest flight that one of these Joby aircrafts has taken? So we've announced 154 miles on a single charge. Um, and that's in the sort of mid period of our testing program. So we're going to be continuing to sort of work on an expansion of that test campaign over time. Um, so there may be announcements um, uh, over the next stretch around sort of the continued work that we're doing on testing the aircraft that we have now. So essentially, you know, at 150, so in, in a city like LA, someone who is maybe going from somewhere like, uh, you know, you could hypothetically go from somewhere like San Diego to, you know, bypass all that traffic and it would be, um, you know, a lot quicker than, you know, sitting in a car stuck in traffic in LA. I think that's where it becomes most interesting to me is like, okay, do you want to wait for two and a half hours in traffic or hop in this aircraft and it goes up to 200 miles per hour? Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So significantly faster than helicopters that exist today. And you're right. That's one of the important use cases that we think about for this sort of service. It's not just about getting inside of uh, getting around inside of crowded cities, but also connecting cities that might be near each other. So you mentioned L.A. to San Diego, L.A. to Palm Springs. Those are all sort of interesting routes in that market. Um, I know that you guys are in Detroit. I mean, you can imagine Detroit to Cleveland in something like 30 minutes as opposed to three hours on the ground. Yeah. Um, or, 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 or that will also be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, or something maybe even like I don't know how, uh, you know, close Chicago is on a beeline, but Chicago and Detroit, you have to drive all the way around the Southern side of Lake Michigan, where if you take a flight, you just go straight across. So it's like so much more easier to fly to Chicago than it is to drive. Um, so that could potentially be really interesting too. And, and Paul, I guess my last question is just, um, you know, I know you mentioned safety and that's a big, so for, I'm sure for, if you do polling on, on consumers or potential consumers, I'm sure safety is at the top of the, of most people's list. Um, so, you know, between now and when this rideshare service goes live, um, I guess, you know, what all is being done just to ensure consumer safety? Yeah, so we really started with safety as a sort of number one priority as we thought about the design of the aircraft and our approach to commercializing the service. Um, so you'll notice that there's six propellers across the vehicle. That's to create redundancy in the event that there's individual failure across any of the systems on the vehicle. It can continue to operate normally. And that stands in stark contrast to sort of single engine planes or certainly helicopters that have many single points of failure. We also knew from the get-go that really embracing the FAA certification process would be important in terms of getting to the big market opportunity that we're all excited about. So we've been in informal conversations with the FAA for a number of years, a formal certification process with the FAA for two years. And we're committed to making sure that we do the work that's necessary to prove to their confidence and certainly to our confidence that this is a vehicle that is sufficiently safe for wide-scale operation. And that's really going to be one of the principal goals of the company over the next stretch is to do that testing, to give folks the confidence that this is a safe mode of transportation. Yeah. And I'm glad um, Odessa in the chat asked a, uh, a question that I was actually going to be a follow-up to my final question. And that was just, you know, about weather and, and, and saying like, uh, you know, what's the worst, you know, if it's like, slightly raining out, you know, would that hold you guys up or, or how are you guys looking in that regard? Yeah. So we'll be operating initially under um, what's called sort of visual flight rules. Um, and then a supplemental certification to our first type, uh, first type certification, IFR rules. That's going to allow for pretty wide range of operations in lots of different um, weather conditions. Um, and, you know, you can think about it as pretty similar to the way that uh, planes and helicopters operate today. 
we actually wanted to make sure that the operations of the aircraft were not dissimilar um, from the types of vehicles that are already operating in and around cities today. Um, so we tried to make both the, uh, the, the way in which the aircraft is flown and the operational approach as similar as we could to those things that currently exist. Got it. Um, you know, Paul, I, I, we are, we're running out of time, but I'm realizing now that I have more questions. So I hope we can get you back on the show some point soon. You know, anytime um, that Joby has news or developments, please let me know. We'd love to have you back on. I mean, to me, this is like one of the coolest things going on right now. Um, you know, specifically what you guys are doing at Joby, but just in general, the electric aviation. I saw some headlines today about uh, Rolls-Royce, what they're trying to do with an electric plane. I don't know if you're following that news. Um, but guys, Zinger Nation out there, ticker J-O-B-Y on the New York Stock Exchange. Paul Shearer, thank you for joining us on the Power Hour today. Thanks a lot, Aaron. And I share your excitement about kind of what this moment means for a real sort of brand new future in sustainable aviation. Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, this was something that, you know, they think, oh, you can only see in, in back to the future or whatever. And now it's like, okay, wow, like we're looking around and there are actual electric, um, you know, aviation crafts that were, what about, I guess, like final question is, have you guys started working on any, any like sort of like self-driving thing as well? So we made the pretty considered decision a number of years ago that the right way to commercialize this initially is to start with a train pilot and seat. That's about giving passengers the sort of same level of comfort that they have kind of getting into a commercial aircraft, but also because the pilot's really important when we think about um, interacting with air traffic control as it currently exists. We're excited about uh, progressive pilot assist technologies and certainly a potential autonomous future, but we know that that's going to require some big changes in the way that the FAA and the aircraft traffic control is operated. So we want to make sure that we can start with a service as soon as possible. And then, and then, and then I think we'll be thinking about sort of um, potential improvements over time. Got it. All right, Paul. Well, thank you again for joining us. Looking forward to having you on again in the future. Have a great rest of your Thursday. Thanks for taking time out of your busy day to join us. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Appreciate it. No problem. All right, y'all. That was Paul Shiera, executive chairman of Joby, ticker J-O-B-Y on the New York Stock Exchange. Go check it out if you haven't already. Crazy cool company, what they're able to do um, on the electric helicopter, airplane. I don't even know what you call it. It's some, it's some sort of aviation. Um, coming up right now, we have the CEO of American Pacific Mining Co. Guys, take a look at this chart. This stock was hanging out right here for a long time, and we've just absolutely broken out up another 17% today. We love to bring you high flyers. So without further ado, going to go ahead and bring on my man, Warwick Warwick, <laughs> doing on this beautiful Thursday. Hey, man, I, I don't think you could have given me a better introduction. So thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we try. We we like to keep the energy flowing on the you know on the power hour. There too too much financial content out there is dry and boring. We do not uh, you know strive to be that here at Benzinga. We strive to be different. Um, so Warwick, okay. off the bat, we're looking at the chart up sixteen point seven percent right now. What's driving that uh, that stock movement? Yeah, look, I mean, I think if I'll, I'll 
today we, we had a significant acquisition that we announced. Let me step back and talk chart for two seconds, if you like. Um, if you look, as you as you pointed out, there was a long base period there. You know, during that time, we knew we had great assets. We, think, we feel we have a very, very good team. Uh, but stock dynamics had played into it at that point where we'd had a financing that came free trading. We had bought an asset for shares. They came free trading. So we got this long base at where you can see there at the end of May, we brought in a new strategic investor named uh, Michael Gentili, who's been incredibly helpful for the company, has opened a lot of doors, uh, and the company's starting to execute and, and, and bring in and closing on new transactions. So that's where you see that sort of, you know, the longer the base, the higher the space. We've got that opportunity now to really, uh, you know, move forward being well capitalized and, and having some great assets. Warwick, you know your way around a chart, don't you? The bigger the base, the bigger the space. <laughs> You know what? Um, it's not it's not totally my forte, but I know, uh, I suppose, enough to be dangerous. Enough to be dangerous. Yeah, we actually have a show following this called Get Technical, where we talk all about technical indicators. And that's one of our, our things that we talk about a lot that, hey, look, the longer this the base is, the longer there's this like space of consolidation, the bigger the run up will be. So we definitely see that here. Um, and you mentioned uh, Gentile. He, he's he, he came on as an advisor, but he's also a big stock holder, correct? Yeah, so, so Michael Michael came in as a a 19.9% shareholder, real gentleman, great guy to work with, um, has done a lot of introductions for the company, uh, put us in front of some really, really smart money who who understands the space, understands the projects incredibly well. Um, and you see that in the chart. And that's been, you know, that's been a, obviously a godsend for us. Uh, the company is now well capitalized. We've got four assets in the in the Western U.S. One partnered with Rio Tinto, which they're uh, it's, which is the second largest mining company in the world. They're exploring for us down in Montana, and then three assets down in Nevada. We focus on high grade assets in the Western U.S. Uh, primarily gold and silver, although the asset in Montana is gold and copper. Uh, and a um, yeah, as I say, we we made an announcement to. Uh, yeah, aftermarket last night about picking up a, uh, a, we owned some ground down here and picked some ground up to the north of it. That's incredibly high grade that we're very excited to get out and drill. And that certainly captured the market's attention today. Yeah, essentially um, doubling the amount of land that you have in, uh, where is this again? Somewhere in? Yeah, it's called it's called Elko, Nevada. Um, so very much a, a, a mining centric town. Newmont has one of their main offices there. Actually, my business partner uh, was the head of exploration in the Western U.S. for Newmont. So it was his job to go out and find these assets that, that Newmont would look to buy. They're looking for stuff that's three million ounces of gold plus to begin with. So we had these opportunities to see a lot of assets that are a bit smaller, but can grow. Uh, and that's really our sweet spot. Uh, we go in and pick those up. We see them grow. Uh, and with that, you see the company grow. So that's that's really where our strategic advantage is, uh, is, is his knowledge of the Western U.S. Uh, and that's worked really well for us. Yeah. I mean, so uh, Warwick, just one of the things for investors, I guess, um, maybe that are considering buying different you know, mining companies or junior miners is that you're, you're buying into some of the risk that you're buying into is saying like, okay, will there be um, gold and silver founder as much as they hope there will be in this land? Um, why do you think that right now is kind of a time that investors can can invest in American Pacific and be confident that, hey, look, th this land that, you know, these announcements will pan out um, and, and will be end up being a good investment? Yeah, great, great question. In, in, in particular for sort of a, um, a US-based trading audience that, that maybe isn't 
mining focused. There's there's specific things that um, if you're looking at this space in the exploration space, which is inherently risky, uh, that you should look for. And I'll, and I'll throw a few of those out. American Pacific has these, but just in general, look for um, companies that already have a major involved. Quite often when you're exploring, you're going to you're going to look to build it up and you're going to look to sell it to a major. The majors won't put in money unless they feel that they A, can find it and B, can build it. They de-risk it for you significantly. We have that in the case of Rio Tinto. They may spend up to $30 million US to earn 70% of this asset. To give you an idea, the company's got about a $100 million Canadian market cap today. Uh, a good example of this was a, a company called Reservoir Minerals. They were partnered on an asset similar to ours. They had 30%. They sold that 30% for 360 million US after more drilling. So those are the types of multiples that you can get as you get success. The, uh, so that's one. Um, two, you want to find companies that have good track records of success. I've just sort of pointed to, to Eric. Uh, three, strategic investors, guys who have come in, put in their money that have been successful before. Michael Gentili is a great example. Uh, he put money into a company called Arizona Metals. It's done really well. Put money in at 20 cents. I think it's trading around $5 now. So he's put his money in here. One other thing that I'll say that for, for guys who are looking at space, there's a lot of these um, sort of investment newsletter writers who aren't, you, you can't pay them. They they just review the company, make a decision if they're going to cover it or not. That's a great way to play the space too, because you can kind of learn about about different companies and, then, and find ones in the flavor that you like. There's a lot of different guys. Uh, Peter Grandich is a good example, um, et cetera, that, that cover American Pacific as well. So there's some reasons for American Pacific, but just for a general kind of overview, those are things to look at where you can um, play your best hand when you're looking at uh, exploration companies. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I'm glad that you uh, you know perfectly answered my question there. Uh, kind of along the same lines, it, it, you know, some of this answer might be similar, but wh- what would a you know retail investor like most of our audience what would be the benefit to buying a stock like American Pacific as opposed to just going out and buying gold straight up? Yeah, great question. So I think again, when you're buying, when you're buying juniors, uh, we'll refer to them as juniors, junior explorers. You're looking for that 10x lift. That's really what you go in looking for. When you're buying physical or you're buying an ETF, you're looking for that. You believe in the commodity and you want to see that slow, steady pace upwards. Look, we'd love to see gold break $2,000 now, maybe get to 22, 2300, right? That's a nice lift from 1800, you know, but when you're looking at American Pacific four months ago when it was uh, 13, 14 cents and now it's trading at a dollar, I'm using the Canadian, uh, Canadian version, but you can convert down to the US, you're getting those large lifts. Um, and that's really where, you know, th- those are the, those are the big gains that people get get very excited about. It's risky. It's inherently risky because it's exploration. It you know, God either put the gold there or he didn't, <laughs> um, and you, and you got to go out and 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 try to make that discovery. So that's the risk. There's no doubt, but that's where you can see these big lifts. Yeah, I mean, I actually people are giving me some some crap in the chat because I actually bought some of this junior miner oh. Har- harmony yesterday, and it was having a bad day today, down seven percent. So I wanted to selfishly, for myself, ask you if you know anything about this company, and if you you know you want to tell me, hey, Aaron, you should probably sell that. You know, I hate I hate to say this, but I actually don't know them all that well, so it's hard for me to to comment. Here's what I will say: It's a terrible day for for gold miners. Gold uh, the commodities off thirty was off thirty dollars when I looked this morning. So the, the the whole sector is is red, other than American Pacific's been up nicely, which you know which is great. Um, <laughs> but that but that means but that means if it was a if it was a, a good day for gold miners, 
American Pacific might be up 30% right now, you know? I, I, I did make that comment when I woke up this morning. <laughs> so you and I are seeing eye to eye. Uh, yeah, all right. Agreed. We are running out of time here, Warwick. How's, how's your buddy uh, Jay over at Visibility doing? Jay's uh, fantastic, man. That company's done incredibly well. Um, it's a, uh, it's had a really big run since it's been on the show. Uh, they're really building out nicely. Um, that uh, that partnership with Anheuser Busch has worked out great for them. Uh, they've just announced a um, uh, a deal with uh, Austin. It's called Austin GIS that they're part owner of. Um, HCL is part owner. Tech Mahindra and another Fortune 500 to be mentioned here shortly. They own 10% of the company. Uh, and I believe they said that it's going to do around 28 million in revenue starting from September 15th to the end of this year. So significant revenue coming for them and coming forward. So I'm really, I love that stock. That's a really <laughs> great company. I'm you got to talk to, you got to talk to Jay. You got to, you got to be able to get some kickback for being able to come on and answer questions like that about, you know, a different. Listen, there better be a nice bottle of wine at the end of that from Jay. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to let him know. He's a great guy, by the way. So I appreciate you making the introduction to, uh, to him. I, I really enjoyed talking to him. Um, and you as well, Warwick. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being on. Cheers. Of course. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thank you. All right, y'all. That was Warwick Smith, CEO of American Pacific Mining Co. Ticker USGDF trading on the OTC up 17, almost 18% now. Chart is looking strong as hell. All right, y'all. It is one o'clock. That means it is our time to go get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.